Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Welcome to today's episode of Your Daily Scrum. I'm professional scrum trainer, Ryan Ripley. Joining me as always is professional scrum trainer, Todd Miller. Todd, that's your cue. What's up? How's it going? Yeah. Doing well, doing well. Uh, This is the show that's going to help you get your day going right. Right. We want to get you centered on being a scrum master. We want to answer the, the most common questions. We want to give you something to think about as you start your day, as you work towards using the scrum framework to solve complex adaptive problems. And hopefully something resonates with you and helps you get a little better each day. So today's topic, Todd. Yeah. Hey, before we do that, can I tell you something, Ryan? Yeah. I have officially left Cobra Kai Karate School. What? I am now Eagle Fang. You're Eagle Fang? I'm part of Eagle Fang Karate now. Well, Todd, we have a problem. We have a serious, serious problem, Todd. Very serious. Well, Ryan, I guess I'll see you at the All Valley. All right? I will see you at All Valley. It's going down. That's right. But until the All Valley, I guess we better get along. So Somebody asked... Uh, one of our viewers asked if there's anything that we don't agree about. We found this, it. This is pretty big. Like this is <laughs> pretty big. Actually, since a crease is a psycho, can I get one of those eagle fang shirts? <laughs> yeah, right? Johnny, Johnny will, will, will welcome, welcome you in. All right. Okay. Moving on. Very Sorry. good. Yep. But, What's but it? Bringing what? us back. <laughs> our subject for today. Uh, and this was specifically, again, another question from the viewers. Um, eventually, we'll get to some of our questions that we had thought of, but our viewers are doing an awesome job of rocking us with questions, so we, we appreciate it. And this one is, can a manager be a scrum master? Can a manager be a scrum master? What do you think, Ryan? So let's start at the beginning. I think it's important to, you know, Todd, there's this weird argument on Twitter right now, whether or not the scrum guide defines scrum. This is nonsense. The Scrum Guide definitely defines Scrum. In fact, one of the first lines in the Scrum Guide is this defines Scrum. And so we're going to go to the source document first. And of course, the Scrum Guide allows it. Yeah. And it allows it because it doesn't forbid it. 
right? There's no, there's no mention of manager in there. There's no discussion about who can fulfill the accountabilities described as a scrum master. So the scrum guide allows it, but, but there's, there's so scrum, but <laughs> there's right. a, but here it's a massive conflict of interest. It really is. And, uh, and I, I think this is going to lead into our next point, but if you think about, um, I think our overarching point here is the, uh, the, when do you decide on what to do, you know, as that person, when do you decide on what to do? When are you the manager? When are you the scrum master? Right. And those things are going to very much conflict as I maybe sometimes as a scrum master am sitting back and observing, maybe sometimes I'm taking action to uphold scrum. Sometimes upholding scrum is in direct conflict of management, isn't it? Right. Well, it, absolutely. Uh, I think sometimes it, it, it certainly can be. Um, mm -hmm. it, I've tried this. So I think many of the listeners and viewers know I'm the leadership steward for scrum.org. And so I write the leadership content that's taught across the globe um, to leaders all over the, the planet from small companies to the Fortune 100. And I've, I've gone through these roles of manager, director, vice president, all these different things. And I've tried at various levels to be a scrum master at the same time. And it always fails. Yeah. Um, I always struggle because I have this hierarchy of things that I have to worry about. I'm doing performance reviews, but I'm also telling people to experiment. Um, I'm trying to you know, please the people that I'm reporting to and meeting their needs while also protecting a team. And I've got this, this command and control pressure and delivery pressure. And, and all of these things just come together. And it, it really degraded my ability to be an effective scrum master. There's a ton of conflict here, internal, external, yeah. uh, hierarchical. Um, plus the team really never trusted me fully as a scrum master. They always thought that I was taking notes and, and, I, and I would try to reassure them constantly and I would never use this stuff in reviews, but no matter what steps I took, that positional authority is such a real, it's such a difficult thing to overcome. It's such a massive conflict that, uh, I've just, I've never been successful trying to sit in this type of position. You know, and Ryan, as, as you're, as I'm hearing you um, talk about this, uh, you want one thing that's really coming to my mind here is the scrum value openness. Yeah. And, and although we want to, and I've been in management roles myself and although I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like one of them. You're not. Right. Nope. Uh, you are you're not when when you are the one that decides a merit increase or has the hiring and firing authority in your organization. You're, you're not. I mean, it's you could be a very good manager and a very good leader. And that's what you should strive to be. But um, your team is going to struggle with openness during an event like the retrospective. Right. right. For, that's a for instance, like the retrospective. So. Well, I was, I was even in a, in a position where I owned the budget. I was the manager, the scrum master, and I was working with a product owner, hmm. right? I was accountable for budget and it was very difficult to let the product owner make decisions, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and so there's this conflict. I know as a scrum master, I'm supposed to hand the, the budget should be with the product owner. And, and it just led to these compromises and what I knew yeah. what was right. And it led to kind of this ineffective, yeah, it just, it's a huge conflict of interest here. Um, what I also noticed is that self-management really becomes nearly impossible. Yeah. It's really hard for the developers to figure out how to best do their work when the boss is there constantly kind of interjecting, right? right. Yeah. I mean, or when the boss is watching, they're not going to experiment. They're not going to try things. Improvement gets stifled. Um, experimentation becomes non-existent. Uh, and they start just looking at you for to tell them what to do. And that is so ineffective. Manager-led work 
is 99.99999% of the time going to be far less effective than a whole team deciding how best to accomplish a goal. And you were just highlighting that there in this in a, in a, a scrum team where you were the scrum master and owned the budget and it was really difficult. The product owner is always going to be like, this is my decision. What do you think, Ryan? <laughs> right. And they, that, that shouldn't be in the cards. No. At all. It's not that the product owner is the value maximizer. Right. They shouldn't have to ask permission to run an experiment. And, um, you know, and, and then we also look at the developers and, and how they self-manage the work to uh, accomplish a sprint goal. Right. Self-management could be like, ah, this is a really hard decision that we need to make. We either are going path A or we are going path B. And they're always going to say, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah. What do you want us to do, boss? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And, and by the way, I'd love a 5% increase next yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads to our last point for this one. It's right. brain drain. Mm-hmm. You know, when I've been in that position, it just hurts my head. It's yeah. like, all right, I know what I'm supposed to be doing as a scrum master. I know what's expected me as a, as a manager, a director, a vice president, whatever role I would be in. Um, and I just really struggled to reconcile the two. And it, so it, it was kind of damaging emotionally. It was damaging spiritually. It was damaging all across the board. I felt like this split person. But at, at the same time, the teams were unhappy, right? Yeah. Their autonomy was taken away. Uh, they weren't able to, to decide how best to do their work. Self-management wasn't flourishing. Um, they, we were in a, in a state of kind of this passive aggressive conflict, this passive aggressive trying to please the boss, but still do the right. Th- it just led to everyone being really tired because of all the extra baggage that this decision brought kind of emotionally and mentally to the situation. Yeah. And you know, this is making me think of another scrum value, right? Focus. Yeah. And, and we talk so much and we've proven out the math of a context switch. Right. And I don't know that we've ever really explored the context switch when it comes to dual rolling it. Yeah. Because to me, that's the worst kind. And I've done that too. I've been a, a developer and a scrum master. I've actually, I've done some other things funky here too. It's so hard and it is a context switch. The thing is you need to know when also to switch. So not only are you being forced to switch into another context, you need to be able to be cognizant on when to trigger it, which I think is just probably worse than what we talk about switching from project A to B, right? In in a day. So now my brain is hurting just (laughs) thinking about how there's brain drain. So clearly we're not a fan of this anti-pattern, right? And we're going to recommend strongly against it. What do you think? All right, YouTube, let us know. Leave us a comment. Let us know if you've been in this situation. Have you seen it? How did it work out? If it was successful, what made the difference? If it didn't work out, did you see some of the patterns that we did or maybe even a different one? If you have questions about the different roles and and how this interplays, leave it in the comments as well. I don't know if you've noticed, but the last couple of weeks have been all about your questions. We're more than happy to answer them. And so keep them coming, right? This makes- Keep them uh, coming, YouTube. I like how you cut it. Hey, YouTube. Hey, YouTube. Leave us some comments. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Smash the like. Uh, Make sure that you get notified. We drop a new video every day and uh, we want you to make sure you see it. Check out the socials for more information about us. Agileforhumans.com is the website. If you want to check out taking classes with Todd and I, we've got a great PSM coming up. Uh, We usually have one coming up. So check out the site for that. Well, I'll tell you what, Todd, I think that's another Your Daily Scrum in the Books. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Eagle Finker ready. <laughs>
Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on.